Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. Good to be with you guys tonight. Thanks for coming out on the eve after the election. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about judging, uh, what Jesus says about judging one another tonight, which is, I feel like, kind of timely, given, like, just the state of our discourse in our world and our country. And uh, But, you know, if you know, uh, if you've been around, you guys have been around, then you know... Uh, that we've been going through this series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're, we have not covered every... To get through it in 12 weeks, we're kind of like condensing. I'm move, skipping a couple of parts so you can go back and read those. But um, we're getting near the end. We've covered a lot of ground. And we've called our series Living Upside Down because... Uh, what we've seen is that Jesus, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is about uh, God's kingdom coming to earth and Jesus's vision of the kingdom and uh, how it keeps on getting more and more uh, upside down, uh, you know, in in relation to what the world is like. And so um, we're going to read a section tonight that is very demanding. And uh, so Sophie can pull it up there for us and I'll, there we go. Um, There it is. Is it there? There we go. Uh, Let me read our passage for us today. Uh, This is Jesus talking to his disciples and he says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Uh, Jumping ahead to verse 12, it says... So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Uh, I want us to think for a second about why we do RUF the way we do. You know, something we say in RUF almost all the time is that we want RUF to be a community. And there's a lot that we do that's just like, you know, there's no the whole point of it is just to be together. Like, for instance, hanging out on the lawn tomorrow afternoon or events like Fall Fest. And we just want uh, RUF to be a place of community where we know one another and live you know, in each other's lives. And you know, the reason that community is so central to what we do, you know, we could just like send out a sermon every week and you can listen to it on your own in your room or something like that alone. But the reason is because the Christian, like we believe the Christian life is actually lived out in community and that we actually learn to love as we enter into each other's lives and are kind of like forced uh, to love the people around us. And we become more like Jesus as we wrestle with the challenges 
of that. And it's kind of like the same reason why, why like if you take a science class, there's a lab component because it's like the point of that is that you, uh, there needs to be a real world application or, you know, what's the point of learning it in the first place, you know, if you can't see it in action. And so as the Sermon on the Mount progresses, it moves toward the relational. It starts with, you know, our own hearts. And then it moves, as we've been seeing in these last couple of weeks, toward the relational uh, because the testing ground for our righteousness is always relationships. Um, so what that means is uh, you're not going to grow in maturity as a Christian unless you're with other people actively, like in community, uh, with other believers and with other people in general. You just won't grow um, because among people is where you can practice your righteousness. And the problem with that is that it's hard. Uh, people do all kinds of unpredictable things and it's easy to kind of talk about the goodness of say like not retaliating but it's a whole other thing to actually like not retaliate in a community setting when someone hurts you uh, you know it's kind of easy to go around thinking like I'm a pretty nice person if you are alone all the time but once you get into the community and actually trying to love people that are hard to love, what you might find is like, oh, you know, I'm not as nice as I thought. Or there's ugly parts of me that come out when I'm forced to uh, love people that are challenging to love. You know, maybe I do need help after all. And one place we see that is in this idea of judging others that Jesus talks about in the passage we just read. Um, and, you know, I don't know what your like following of the election is uh, these days, but you know if you follow just like social media commentary and stuff, there's a lot of judgment uh, happening, and so it's just you know more, now more than ever I think we need to understand what judgment is and uh, learn to be like Christ. And so what I want to look at tonight in this passage is first of all what it is to judge someone. And then look at the folly of judging others and why we do. And then finally, uh, the way to love your neighbor as yourself. So first of all, I just want to look at what it is to judge someone. Um, judging is seen as very negative in our culture today. Typically, when we use the phrase don't judge, it's like, you know, I'm eating ice cream for breakfast and I'm just like, don't judge. You know, that's how we typically use it the most. And uh, that's not the kind of judgment that Jesus is talking about, actually. Uh, so for the most part, when we use it, we're using it in a different way sense than Jesus uses it. Because um, in our culture, judging like is kind of telling someone they're wrong. And that's not exactly what Jesus is talking about. Um, you know, what happens a lot, you know, with, in our culture is people interact with Christians as, you know, maybe a Christian will say like, you know, declare that something is wrong. And someone who disagrees will say like, but doesn't the Bible say, don't judge and we're just talking about two different kinds of judgment uh, in that discussion. Because in the Bible, judging always is looking at like the final judgment. Uh, how the Bible talks about there's going to be a judgment day. Uh, Jesus is the judge who's going to come. And, um, you know, there's going to be some people that are God's people and some people that are not. And that's what judgment day is about, Uh if judging were about telling people they were wrong, then it would be judgmental to tell people not to judge, for instance. 
Um, there's plenty of places in the Bible where we're actually encouraged to uh, perhaps call out a friend or a brother or a sister when they're wrong or speak difficult truths to people. Uh, so when Jesus says judge not, he's not, he's referring to what's going on in our hearts uh, when we criticize people or tell them they're wrong or make fun of them. And he's referring to the ways that we put ourselves in the place of God as we criticize people. Okay. So uh, often we criticize people. Like when we do that, what we're saying is like what our hearts are saying is like this person doesn't deserve love. Uh, that's what it means to judge. Uh, we say things like, oh, man, that girl's such a mess. While our hearts are saying, God should not accept a person like that. Or we say things like, can you believe he said that? And while our hearts are saying, no one should care about someone who says that. People like that deserve to be ignored Forever. So you see the difference between, you know, critique and judgment in Jesus's terminology. And, you know, what you need to see is that, like, because of the Internet, because of social media, uh, these are just outlets that provide, like, our judgment, ways for our judgment to just, like, let loose. Uh, Like, for instance, Twitter does this because on Twitter, you can literally say something to anyone with like no consequences. And that's like exactly what our judgmental hearts crave. And if you get on there, you just see like these people are just like brutal to each other. You know, the election brings it out with, you know, really strong opinions on both sides. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets. Anybody seen those? Uh, On the Jimmy Kimmel show, he just gets like celebrities to read mean tweets that people give about them. And, you know, it's it's genius because it just points out like how ridiculous it is that people think that they can just like say whatever they want uh, to these people. Cause it's like pretty much anonymous. Um, you know, there's more avenues for judgment than ever before. And as a society, we just take advantage of them all. Uh, so when Jesus warns us against judging, he's actually inviting us to examine our motivations for criticizing people. Like, you know, why do I criticize? Why am I hard on people? Uh, Am I criticizing someone in love or am I criticizing them for their good, you know, or or, or something else driving me that's not for their good? Um, So that's, you know, what it is to judge someone. But now I want to look at moving on to the folly of judgment, why we actually judge. And the problem is that Jesus points out is that when we judge we actually indict ourselves. Uh, When we think God could never love someone like that, for instance, uh, we better be sure that we are never like that because if we are, then that means we're in big trouble. Uh, Jesus already did this a little in the Sermon on the Mount when he talked about the the difference between anger and murder and our tendency to be like, well, at least I've never murdered someone. And Jesus makes this point that like, you know, if you've ever been angry at someone and dismissed someone, you kind of have, like you're guilty. Um, 
And he uses this great illustration of the log and the speck in the eye. Um, and it's just meant to be humorous. Like you're meant to see someone like with an actual log in their eye being like, hey, there's a speck in your eye. I think it would work better in our society with like something in your teeth. You know, like you've got a mouthful of like Oreos everywhere and you're just like, excuse me, you have something, a little something in your tooth there. Like it would be ridiculous. And Jesus is trying to show the folly of judgment of, you know, people like us making judgment in, in that way about anyone. Uh, another good way to think about it is uh, there was this Christian thinker, author named Francis Schaeffer, who's not alive anymore, but he's a really big 20th century Christian thinker. And he used to interact with lots of people that would say like, uh, you know, I can't believe in a God that like judges, you know, I don't like that he judges, you know, I want to decide what's right. And he would say like, okay, well, you know, you could also be the judge, but that wouldn't help you either. And he would say, like, this was like the 1970s. So tape recorders were a thing then. And he would say, I want you to imagine like hanging a tape recorder around your neck and just walking around for a week. And every time you say like, I can't believe people fill in the blank or like people should fill in the blank. It would record all those things. And then, you know, I can't believe people cut you off when you're driving. Or, you know, I can't believe people say things like that. And then he would say, you know, you can judge yourself by those standards too, and you'll still fail. Like you will fall short, whether it's God's standards or your own standard, you will fall short. Uh, because you can't even live up to your own standards. And anyone who knows themselves well will know that. Uh, So the question is, why would anyone judge? Uh, And the answer is that we judge out of insecurity. And we judge because our hearts are deceptive. Uh, As we say, you know, can't believe, what an idiot. Why would someone do something like that? Uh, Our hearts are subtly telling ourselves, I'm okay though. I don't do that. Uh, So there's this great irony in judging because we're like kind of putting ourselves in the place of God, judging people. And we say, this person doesn't deserve to be loved. But like the reason we're doing it is because we're actually unsure that we're loved. It's like, I've got something to prove. Um, And so I'm doing it out of my insecurity. I'm unsure of where, like judgmental people are unsure where they stand. If you were sure where you stand, you wouldn't be a judgmental person. Uh, So as we wrestle with Jesus's words here, we're meant to see how judgmental we can be, uh, how unloving we really are a lot of the time and how foolish that is. Um, And so the big question is how, if that's us, how are we supposed to be any different? And that's where we get to the way to love your neighbor as yourself. And this section about judgment concludes with the golden, what's known as the golden rule, right? Uh, Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Uh, For this is the law and the prophets. Uh, Jesus is saying, what that means is he's saying, you can sum up every command in the Bible with, with this one command. Just love people like you would want to be loved. Uh, to judge is to, is, you know, to not judge is to love. Like the opposite of judgment is love. Uh, love them like you would want to be loved. Um, 
And what you need to see is that it's impossible to truly love someone if you think you're better than them. Let's say that again. It's impossible to love anyone that you think you're better than. Uh, And that's why we need Jesus in order to live out this command. Uh, That's why we need the cross. Because like when we're judging people, what we're saying is, I'm better than you. And that is a really ugly thing to think. And so we need Jesus. And specifically, we need the cross. Uh, At the cross, think about what's going on on the cross. Jesus is the judge, like, of the universe. And yet, on the cross, Jesus gets judged in the most unjust way. Uh, He actually goes on trial. And if you read those accounts, like, no one can find anything wrong with him. Uh, And yet, he's crucified. And the implication is, like, we, if we were there, we would have done it. Like, we did it. And the cross is this, de- it's this declaration of the sinfulness of humanity. Uh, you know, it's what our sin deserves. This is where sin will take us to that, like that, that picture, but also the great love of God, uh, that God would come, um, you know, and take it. He would take what we deserve. Uh, it proclaims, you know, no one is better than anyone. Like Jesus is better than everyone, but no one is better. Like, you know, you're all like, all of us are so bad and so messed up that the only solution was that. Uh, the cross, like a, just the complete substitute for your life. Uh, the only way for the gavel to come down, like not guilty on you, is for it to come down guilty on Jesus. And so Jesus took it. Uh, he made it his mission to die in our place because he wanted us to be free. Uh, I have a, a pastor I know told a story recently of a friend of his who uh, just like a, a kind of an impressive guy, had a lot going for him, and he got cancer, a Hodgkin's disease. And uh, he tells this story of being in the hospital. He's okay now, but uh, in the hospital undergoing chemotherapy. Uh, gets up in the middle of the night, you know, chemotherapy is like brutal. He wakes up and I think he's going to the bathroom, walking to the bathroom and, you know, whatever the chemotherapy, the cancer, whatever it is, he just collapses, like lightheaded, nauseous, so weak on the floor of his hospital room in the gown, can't do anything. And as he looked, look, in that moment, he says, that was the first time I ever understood grace. And, you know, think about that. Like, he was like, it was the first time I was ever in a position where I could literally do nothing for God or anyone. Like, I had nothing to offer. And that's when I finally understood grace. And that's the gospel. Like, you have nothing to offer God. Like, nothing you offered him on your own would get you anywhere with him. Like getting into his good graces, getting his favor, you know, that idea. Like it, you could never do it. You have nothing. That's what the God, that's what grace is. You have nothing. But guess what? Jesus has everything and he's a giver. Like grace means gift. That's what God is all about. He gives to people who have nothing. Um, you know, we're people that need Jesus to save us. And the good news is he does. 
And only if that's your story can you be a non-judgmental person. You know, can you lean into relationships and be about building people up instead of tearing people down? Uh, only if Jesus, you know, if, if the cross is your story, then you can speak the truth in love without judgment. You know, you can actually like say things that are hard without judging. Uh, instead of being judgmental, we become people who say like, oh man, that guy's probably having a hard day. Like, I'm going to go easy on him. Or I'll be patient with her because I know how patient God had to be with me. Or I'll make this sacrifice in this relationship because Jesus gave it all for me. Um, Do you see how the gospel changes relationships? And specifically, uh, how the gospel can take us from being ugly, judgmental, insecure people to free, joyful, you know, make other people look really big people. Uh, That's what we want. That's what RUF, this community is about. That's what we're trying to live out together. Uh, So let me close by just praying that that would happen in our hearts and in this community. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, if the truth about our hearts is that they're so ugly And if you were to peel back uh, my heart, there would just be layers and layers of judgment toward people that just comes from insecurity uh, and just my own hesitance to believe your goodness toward me, that free gift uh, that I have nothing, but that Jesus gives everything. Uh, Change my heart, change all of our hearts uh, to make us like Jesus. Uh, I pray that RUF would be known as a place uh, of truth, but a place uh, not of judgment. I pray that you'd give us strength to love the people around us. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.